Again, one gentle, our last gentle reminder for those who just came in, please check your cell phones one more time. Make sure everything is on silent mode. In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 4 to 6. Again, that is Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 4 to 6. Please open your Bibles to that portion of the scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to the word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he was attested to be righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For before he was taken up, he was attested to have been pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. So Hebrews 11, 4 to 6. Faith pleases God. The author wanted the Jewish believers to continue believing despite the persecution and the difficulties. The author warned them against falling away from Christ and the eternal damnation of apostates. What are apostates? These are those who publicly denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Still, he also reminded them of their past faithfulness. Despite losing their property and experiencing many social discrimination, because of their faith, they were reminded, remember, your confidence in Christ, do not throw that away. You face difficulty in his name, do not forget that. They even helped the others who were persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ. So remember what you have invested in the kingdom, for God remembers. The author would then define faith. In the last few verses of chapter 10, he was comforting them, saying, he will come. We will meet him, of course. Either he comes in his second coming, or we meet him after we die. We will meet him, and his promises are sure. So he told them about faith and that they should not shrink back. And I'd like to say chapter 11, when we started chapter 11, that chapter 11 is believed by many to be the hall of fame of faith, of men of faith in the Old Testament specifically. 
the author was saying that the kind of Judaism we have during that time in the 80s, and even before that, has turned into a works-oriented Judaism rather than a faith-oriented one because the Old Testament is about people of faith, not people who've prioritized works, but people who were approved by God because of faith, not because they tried to earn their way to God's approval. And much of the religion today even, as well in those days and in our days, most religions, if not all, would say you earn your way to God's approval or to the divine being's approval. If you do this, 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 this. And in those days, in Judaism, it's about if you comply with these sacrifices, with these ceremonies, you will be approved. However, the author, when he started chapter 11, or the last verses of chapter 10, he was pointing them to faith, and he described what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are those? And the evidence of things not seen, or the conviction of things not seen, or the proof of things not seen. It is about the promises of God. It's about God and his word. And he explained that in verse 3, that by faith we know that God's word created the world. Still referring to Christ Jesus. In chapter 1 of Hebrews, that nothing was made without him. Faith is what? Believing in the invisible God and believing in his word. So we believe what the word says. He's saying to, the, to these Jewish people, these Jewish people believe in what God said. Believe in the word. Faith sees the promises of God in Christ. Take note, in Christ. Don't just suddenly say, I'll practice my faith by imagining myself a car so that one day I will have a car. Name it and claim it, says the false teacher. The problem is if you believe the false teacher. Faith is applied where? Faith is applied on what clearly God's word says. That is where we rest our faith. It means a conviction. In these days, when you say, what's your faith? They're talking about your religion or your set of beliefs. But how scripture defined it is faith is what? A substance so real, you believe in what you do not see who is God. And we know that because Inside, God wrote his laws, his commands in our minds and in our hearts. And we cannot deny that. The reality of that and the reality of our relationship with God, because that is part of the covenant promise. However, if you see all these things as just another religion, another group, ibang samahan, 
another kind of samahan, then you are missing the point. It is not about the groups. It is about the covenant promise in Christ. And that's what we believe in. And we come together because we believe in the same thing. Faith is about being confident in the promises of God which we do not see. God created the world and that God will fulfill all promises in Christ. Again, faith is the substance. It is the reality of things hoped for. It's real. What is real? The word of God is real. The promises of God is real. Faith is proof of what is unseen and God is unseen and his promises are unseen. Now the author brings us to the first character of many characters he will mention. And he begins with Abel. Well, here we call it Abel, right? You know somebody named Abel in our context. Uh, now this person, Abel or Abel, something happened to him. Well, the author explained why Abel offered a better offering compared to Cain. The explanation of the author is faith. Now, Abel offered in faith, which was evidence that he was an upright person. See, ever since that time, the author is saying ever since the beginning, since the beginning, it's about faith, not works. All right. Uh, was Abel a hard working person? He worked definitely because he had a flock. He watched the flock. He helped it grow. But again, it's not about the works. Even though we have works, we do works for God. We have to be doing good works. But that is often a result, should be a result of our faith. Now, many would explain to you, because in the Old Testament, God expected blood sacrifices. Well, he did expect grain sacrifices as well. However, it's the blood sacrifice that somehow takes your place in judgment. Yes, but this was before the law. What was the author saying was, look, look at this guy. We, we know so little about this guy, except that he offered something to God. And his brother Cain offered something as well. Both of them offered something to God. One was rejected. Cain was rejected and his offering. But Abel and his offering, they were approved. Approved by God. Why? Why? Two people, brothers, approved by God, one. The other one, not approved. The explanation of the author is faith. Because Abel believed. Can you imagine these two brothers hearing stories from their father and mother? You know, we used to be rich. You see, we had this, we didn't have to work, actually. God provided everything. Uh, and all the animals actually, well, I have dominion over them, says Adam. 
Now, why was Adam not on the list? Because he saw God literally every day. But Abel and Cain just heard stories. But then according to scripture, let's read verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he was attested to be righteous. God testifying about his gifts, the offering. And through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. If you remember the story in Genesis chapter 4, where Cain was depressed, he was, his face looked down. And God said, why are you down? Do you know that if you do well, then you will be, you don't have to be down. But then he did not receive the correction from God. Instead, he killed Abel. And we can surmise safely that that was about envy. When somebody is approved of God and you are not, somebody is blessed and you are not, and it hurts you and you want to hurt the other person, verbally, mentally, emotionally, or physically, that is envy. So Cain could not take the correction. Instead, he killed his competitor. And so envy is such a sin. It's clearly listed in the New Testament as a sin. Cain killed Abel. Then what happened? Abel was dead already. Then what? Then God rebuked Cain. And you know what God said? His blood calls out to me. What does that mean? It is important to God about the righteous dying. And we see that in the book of Psalms, that indeed God takes that to heart. Of course, he has a plan for everything. But God rebuked Cain. Cain, see Cain, of what he did. Now, Cain suffered the divine consequence of his actions. Even though dead, the blood of Abel still spoke. In the same way, we know that the blood of the martyrs. There is this fantastic book called The Fox's Book of Martyrs. If you read that book, The Fox's Book of Martyrs, it's an amazing book how people died for their faith. They describe their the torture. Some were able to document it, how they were tortured for their faith and they were willing to die for it. Now, that inspires us, but the death of the martyrs will condemn the guilty one day. Their death will condemn many who do not believe. Like Abel, even in death, their faith will continue to speak and their memory shall be both a rebuke to others, but also an inspiration for those who believe. 
That's why it's good to hear the stories. It's good to read the stories in the Bible and even in the biographies of men and women of God who suffered in the name of Christ. Until today, they speak to us, they inspire us, yet one day their blood will judge the guilty. So Abel's faith... Abel was accepted in his sacrifice because of faith. Now, let's go to the, another interesting person. The author also explained that Enoch pleased God through faith. Enoch walked with God amid a wicked world. It was a very wicked world. And then Enoch disappeared because God took him. You'll find that in Genesis 5.24. God directly transported Enoch to heaven. Can you imagine that? God directly transported Enoch to be with him. Enoch was one of two people who did not taste death, physical death. The other one was Elijah. The other one was Enoch. In Elijah, we have a fantastic story. We know about Elijah. We know about his adventures. But Enoch, what do we know about Enoch? Not much. Not much. In Genesis 5:24, it says, Enoch walked with God and he was not found. He was gone for God took him. He was just gone. And if you look at chapter 5 of Genesis, you'll see there, and this guy lived so many years and he died. And this guy lived so many years and he died. And this guy lived so many years and he died. And this guy lived so many years and he died. And Enoch lived so many years and uh, he was not found because God took him. There was suddenly a break. What was the difference? What was the description? He walked with God. He walked with God. He walked in fellowship with God. We don't enjoy walking too much these days, but I remember the days of my younger years, both in high school and college, where we had a big campus in high school and a bigger campus in college. And uh, there are times we would walk because there are no more public transportation. And we would walk as a group, sometimes as two, just to keep one another company. If you're alone, every walk seems to be very far and long and tiring. But if you are with somebody, it doesn't seem to be far. By the time you get there, oh, we're here. Without complaints, because we enjoyed the fellowship. In fact, there's, there's a, there are studies about that. The sociology of walking. But... Since we have very little sidewalks in Naga City, it makes it dangerous to walk around the city. But walking together, just sharing and walking. Now God walked with Adam, but there was another person he walked with. His name is Enoch. Who in the world is this? All we know is he walked with God, and according to the author, he walked by faith. It was about faith. Verse 5, let's read that again. 
By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death because he was not found because God took him up. For before he was taken up, he was attested to have been pleasing to God. By faith, Enoch pleased God. Don't forget that. Enoch pleased God. Then God took him to heaven. Thus, Enoch did not experience physical death. Take note that Enoch's biblical record is very short. A few liners. Even though he lived so many years. Can you imagine? What did Enoch accomplish? Huh? What did he accomplish? Um, well, hundreds of years. Um, oh yeah, he walked with God. That's it. And God took him. God wanted that fellowship with him. <laughs> so I'll bring you here. No record of grand achievements, no long dramatic narratives in scripture, but a few powerful statements. He walked with God in the midst of an evil world, yes, but God took him. He did not compromise. He did not allow the world's ways to affect him. He walked with God. And you would know once, if you study that context, chapter 5, chapter 6, they established who people were, and then chapter 6 would establish that their minds were continually evil. It's a wicked generation. 5 and 6. Ever since Adam, Cain, it's about evil. Killing, murder. And it continues on. Until the flood. And then after a flood, it continues on. But Enoch, amid a wicked world, trusted in God. Now, what pleases God? What pleases God? Is it emotionalism? Is it singing many hours of worship songs, weeping in your room? kneeling down. Oh, that's fine as long as there is faith in the word of God. That's why if you're, what you're singing isn't accurately anchored in the word, I don't think that pleases God. Because faith is about what? Faith in the word. In the word. Not romanticized songs turned into worship. The author concluded that without faith, it is impossible to please God. One who believes must believe that God exists and God rewards those who diligently seek him. That's in verse 6. The cited Old Testament heroes pleased God through faith. One may safely assume that they sought him consistently. Let's read verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Take note, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if you read scripture and says, mm, I only believe some parts of it, you don't have faith and you don't please God. Simple as that. The one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be the one who rewards those who seek him. Yes, it's okay to believe that it is God who rewards. It's okay to believe that. 
but he will reward in his way, not your way. Lord, if I, you will reward me, please reward me with a big, big house. No, no, not us. He does the rewarding, not us. His way, his will. Now, the Jews thought that they pleased God simply by being descendants of Abraham. But that does not please God. It is faith that pleases God. Remember, it was Abraham's faith that pleased God. It was Abel's faith that pleased God. And Enoch's faith that pleased God. What is faith? You believe you are so sure of what God said. You are so sure at what the word says. You are convinced without one doubt in your mind, in your heart. Not one. When problems come, you rest and trust in him. You trust in his will. What if I'm suffering? Then trust in his purpose for that time. For Joseph went through suffering and many others went through suffering. But God had a purpose. You trust in him in every little thing. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Stop complaining. You just say, I trust in your will. I am your servant. I am your child. Thy will be done in my life. And there we can rest. We can rest in the sovereign God. And for me, that is freedom. Faith is freedom. I don't have to always trouble my mind with so many things. Not that I don't like studying, I love to study, but I don't allow my mind to be troubled by many petty little things. Like, oh, ano kayang sasabihin nila? Ano kayang gito? Oh, brother. Grow up. We follow what the word says, and that's it. Let's rest in that. It is not about fulfilling ceremonies. It's not about good works, does not please God, it is faith. The author made it clear, without faith, it is impossible. Impossible. And what is faith again? Certainty of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen, or conviction of things not seen. Faith is sure of the promises of God. You know what the opposite of faith is? Doubt, worry, and the fear of man. The only acceptable thing is the fear of God. Doubt, worry, and fear. And if you are so self-centered, you worry a lot and you fear a lot. And you doubt a lot. Application, the offerings of faith. Let us make sure that all our offerings and sacrifices should be by faith. Our giving is the work of God. In the work of God, I mean, should be by faith. Every time we give our time and money, it should be done by faith. It means, Lord, I do this for you. For your glory, Lord. And that's it. That's it. That's it. 
I serve my family. I have to do it by faith. I'm doing this for you, Lord. So I don't come with a list of expectations in return saying, look, family members, look at the amount I have spent for you and the sacrifices I've made. Look, reciprocate everything. No, because it's not by works and I'm not doing it for man. Why do we commit to our marriage? It is first to glorify God. That is faith. But if it's first about each other, that's not faith. Faith is believing in what you do not see. God is invincible and the word of God is invisible. So every sacrifice we make, we do it for the glory of God. We know he exists. We know he rewards everything. Knowing that faith pleases God. So our service to him should be by faith. If you're serving in our community and expecting something in return, grabe yung tinulong ko sa inyo. Blah, 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 blah. If you think like that, you may get out. There are a lot of churches there. We come here blessing one another just because it is the will of God. You understand that? We come here with a command to love one another because it is God's will, nothing else. The other blessings that come out of that praise God because we support one another, but not because I get something back. Everything by faith. Otherwise, it does not please God. So, should we live by faith? We should live by faith. People will hear the word of God from us. May we preach the word in faith. Our children and grandchildren will remember. Their friends will remember too if we lived our lives in faith. They will see. And even if we're dead like Abel's blood, it still speaks. The memory of us will continue to speak in the minds and hearts of the next generation and the generations after that. Or those who remembered you when you were alive. I hope your faith speaks even when you die. Even after you die, may our faith speak to them. And may our lives be a rebuke to the guilty. To those who don't believe in Christ. Walk with God. By faith, let us ground our minds and emotions and actions in the word of God. Let us not shrink back to unbelief, but let us, by faith in his word, continue to believe. It is impossible to please him without faith. In fact, you should memorize verse 1 and verse 6. Amid a fallen world, let us persist in believing like Enoch. It's a fallen world. It's a wicked world. They have changed the standards. Some are changing the meaning of scripture. Non-believers are changing the Bible, I tell you. They're creating their own version so that their lifestyles will be accepted in scripture. It will be part of scripture. Others are changing the meaning of it. You know what's happening today? Like some people are changing the word holiness, meaning to be separated. It is changed to intimacy. Ah... 
the movement of the perverse. They pervert their lives and they pervert the word. We should be protective of our community and our children as well. For their community outside our community will tell them it's okay, it's natural, do it even if it's a sin. And fathers and mothers who take it lightly, dum di dum di dum di dum. Oh, it's okay, my, my son or daughter is in church anyway. No, no, no. We have to make every effort, every moment to be grounded on God's word. Don't take the passive route. Know God's word yourself. And then continually remind the next generation and the generation after that. Let us never allow the world to shape us, especially social media, our peers and worldly trends. Despite the social pressures we will continue to walk with God as Enoch walked with God. Let us continue to walk with God. And lastly, let us please God through faith. Faith pleases God. Faith in what? In the promises of Christ. Let us then proclaim the gospel which embodies the promises of forgiveness, a personal relationship, and God writing his laws in the hearts and minds of people. Faith pleases God, not good works, not charity. I'm not saying don't be givers, but it is faith, not achievements. I'm not saying don't achieve anything, but if ever you want to achieve something, it should come deeply from a heart of faith, saying, Lord, this is really for you. And God looks at our hearts. If you really say, really, this is really for you, Lord, <laughs> really. Really, huh? Sincerely, really for me? That's why we continuously die to self. Every opportunity might be a blessing, but not all opportunities can remain a blessing if you pervert it. There are blessings given to us opportunities but then if you put God on the sideline and you put the opportunity on in the front line that is not pleasing to God it is not extreme emotionalism that pleases God and here we have many churches in the Philippines filled with emotionalism but if you ask them about the Word of God if you ask them what is the intent of the author in Hebrews in Romans in Galatians, in John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They don't know a thing, or they know so little, and if ever they do know, it's out of context. But they think it's in context, but it's out. Emotionalism does not please God without faith. I'm not saying you don't use your emotions. We're human beings. We have to be joyful. If we need to cry to God, we do. But if we, without knowing God's word, no faith there. Doesn't please God. Some think that the dynamics of our relationship with God is intimacy through emotionalism. No, it's intimacy through faith. Faith in what? The word of God.
Emotions can be there, sometimes there or not. That's why some people, when they seem to have a dry spell of their emotions in their worship, they say, I can't feel God. Because <laughs> you're using your emotion. Faith is not connected to what? To the earthly faculties. It is a spiritual thing. A surety, a conviction of one I do not see. A gospel I heard and I'm sure to believe. Whether a hundred people, a thousand people tell me it's not true. Even if they kill me, that is true and I will die for it. That is faith, that is conviction. That pleases God. Therefore, focus on faith. Set aside the opposites of faith, which is what? Doubt, worry, and fear. We persist in trusting God's word and will. But how can we trust his word if we don't know the word? Thus we study God's word carefully, dissecting the meaning. Know God through his word and live it by faith. And the more we live by faith, the more we understand the word and we believe it and apply it, that pleases God. Faith pleases God. I share to you right now seven verses faith pleases god the blood of abel rebuked cain perhaps drove cain nearly insane abel's death speaks until today as do the martyrs in a way the death of the faithful speaks faith in thunder or a misty wraith, it is God who truly speaks in the valleys and the peaks. By faith, Enoch walked with our God, therefore Enoch received his nod. To the world he did not succumb, but to God he would daily come. Enoch disappeared, left the earth. Of faithful men there was a dearth. Before his life would grow dim, God took Enoch to be with him. Tis impossible to please God with works or a righteous facade. What pleases God is faith, that's sure, the kind of faith that will endure. The God of Scripture we believe, by faith his grace we receive. His person and his word we seek. His spirit reveals the mystique. Therefore, my son, in Christ remain and fully submit to his reign. Have faith in God, don't turn away. Christ alone is the only way. Let us all rise and let us pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for, for your message. Until today, Lord. Until today, the blood of Abel speaks. It speaks. Have faith in God. Until today, the story of Enoch rings loud. He walked with you. By faith, he pleased you. And you could not wait 
took him to your side. You so love the walk of faith, so we pray, teach us to walk in it, that every day we please you, knowing your word, believing your word, living your word because we believe. Teach us to rest in faith. Teach us not to be envy with the grand dwarves of this world, the fancy things, the pleasure of the flesh and other things that Satan offers. But teach us to rest, to accomplish what you want us to do. And we can rest in that, knowing in faith we loved you. For love, emotionalism without faith isn't true, because it does not please you. What matters most is we believe every word, every promise that we will receive. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's only about Christ Jesus. Teach us to walk like Enoch walked. Teach us to offer sacrifices like Abel did. All in the name of Christ. All in the name of Christ, the one we believe, who took away our sin through his suffering and death. Only Christ we believe. Faith alone, we believe. We lay down to you every work, every offering, every gift. Not so we may receive glory, but so you may receive glory. Thank you for today. Thank you for every day that we walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.